So after this bye week, the Vikings have Cowboys, Ravens, Chargers, Packers. It's a couple of quarterbacks you got to worry about, and they are going to be without for at least three of those games, maybe for their best corner. So let's talk about those other two guys, Cameron Dantzler and Bashad Breeland, here on the Locked On Vikings podcast. You are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Locked On Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making the Locked On Vikings podcast your first listen of the day. And today's episode of Locked On Vikings is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's an unofficial community center. Big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it. I'm your host, your pal, and the kid you copied off in math class. My name is Luke Braun. You can find me on Twitter at Luke Braun NFL, and the show is on Twitter at Locked On Vikings. And today on the show, I want to talk cornerbacks. So it's going to be a big old day of cornerbacks. Of course, we usually would be previewing a game. We don't have a game to preview. So we're doing some more deep divey stuff here on the bye week. We'll do more of that next week as well, um, depending on, you know, what the news cycle brings us. But we do have a piece of news to talk about, and that is Harrison Hand activated off of COVID-19 IR. I think he spent a total of 14 days on there, um, which does imply that he like genuinely got sick and had symptoms and all of that stuff. It was more than the requisite 10 games um, for somebody who who tests positive or the requisite five games for a close contact uh, if you're unvaccinated. Um, and so a, a quick note on that, because when I was um, covering all of the vaccination drama in the offseason and in, in, in training camp and stuff, a lot of people said that I was focusing too much on Kirk Cousins and I wasn't criticizing all the other unvaccinated players. Well, here is a criticism for an unvaccinated player. Uh, Harrison Hand Hurt the team by not being being vaccinated, assuming that he isn't. I mean, he could have just been vaccinated and also gotten sick, in which case, ignore all of this. But assuming that he isn't and he spent that much time away from the team, that hurts the team. And that sucks. And he shouldn't have done it. Um, but let's talk about other cornerbacks, guys that are more likely to play, like Cam Dantzler and Bashad Breeland, who are going to be the one and two cornerbacks, probably will play sides. I don't know who's going to play what size, what side, but... Let me talk about those guys. Um, I'm sure you have a preconceived notion of maybe where they're supposed to rank in the league. Maybe you're, you know, you've you've heard all the things about you know, that he's been asked in pressers about where he ranks via PFF and stuff like that. Um, discard that notion. I want to qualify these cornerbacks. I want to tell you what they are good at, what they aren't good at, their style and all that stuff, so you can understand a little bit more about like how how they play and what we need from them. And I want to kind of come away from this show um, with. What I want to see out of those guys in these next few games that can make them, you know, answer the call of Amari Cooper and C.D. Lamb and then, you know, Hollywood Brown and maybe even Rashad Bateman and then Keenan Allen and Mike Williams and then Devontae at, you know, this this kind of gauntlet. Um, so let's talk about these guys. So what I want to do first is. I just want to describe the job of a cornerback. It's a lot more than just covering a wide receiver. It's very there's a lot of decisions in it it's very it's a lot of lead, read and react on the fly it's a very dynamic position so to do this i'm going to keep it to cover four uh, or quarters coverage um, and the boundary corners job in cover four is the flat and the deep quarter so that means you know cover four four deep defenders and you're the guy on the outside on either sideline right so you've got that quarter of the field hence quarters 
Um, and then you also have the flat on that side. So you kind of have, it's basically everything on the sideline is your job. And teams will attack you a lot of times by putting you in conflict. They will put two routes on that sideline in a concept like, say, Smash. We talked about Smash a lot when they the Vikings ran it a ton versus the Lions. Um, but, you know, anything that has a deep route and an intermediate route and a shallow route or even just two of those three, it will put that cornerback in conflict. Um, so if you end up in conflict and... Most defenses will, will, coaches will tell you, if you're in conflict, then I messed up, right? Then the coach messed up. But if you get in that situation and the coach messed up and you're, you know, in conflict, prioritize the deep thing and let them throw the shallow one, right? If they're going to get something on you, let them get the shallow one. Um, And so there's a lot, I'm like really forgiving when it comes to corners because sometimes it's just, it's just not their fault. So there's a bunch of decisions you have to make when you're a cornerback in in cover four um for one you have to decide your alignment you are not necessarily told how to align that's not a coaching decision uh, especially with mike zimmer who emphasizes this but i think most coaches allow their corners to kind of make that call are you playing off are you playing short um are you playing shallow deep press whatever um and basically that just means how close do you line up to the wide receiver and do you play inside of him and outs- or outside of him? Where are you starting here? What kind of head start do you want? Um, and that's a lot of that's based on tape study, but it's not, you know, hey, that guy runs a lot of out routes, so I am going to play outside leverage to give myself an advantage on out routes. It's more, um, you're not trying to predict, you're trying to, a lot of times you're trying to bait things. For example, here's a thing that happened a lot with the Panthers. Let's say there is a run pass option. And let's say the passing part of that option is a very quick route, like a uh, like a slant or uh, smoke, I think is the Vikings word for it, the one where they just throw it directly to the wide receiver on the line of scrimmage and they don't run any route at all. I call it like a now route, I've called it. Um, and, and defensive coach will say, hey, on this formation, they like to run this RPO. And what we want to do is we want to have you play off on it because we want them running that slant because we've got a something going on in the defense that's going to take advantage of that slant. So we want to we want to bait that. Or we say, we want you to play press on that because then they will never throw that slant. And instead, they will run the ball. And that's the thing about offense and defense, like and the kind of tango that they that they dance is a lot of times, you know, offenses will build in checks and looks and options and, and all of these dynamic things that make it so that you're trying to guarantee that the defense is wrong, right? You're trying to say, well, if he goes left, I throw right. If he goes right, I throw left. And the way that defenses have to respond to that is by essentially taking that responsibility of, okay, now I get to dictate the play. So if you are letting me decide whether or not you throw left or throw right, now I get to call your plays for you. Are you going left or going right? And that's kind of the tango, right? So you will say, ask Bashad Breland to play off coverage, which will bait the offense into throwing smoke, into throwing a now route or throwing some other kind of little short hitch or something like that. And Bashad Breland can come up and make the tackle. And he's very good at that. So that's part of it as well, you know? When you ask why is he playing eight, nine yards off, a lot of times he's trying to get targeted, uh, which is why I I think a lot of times we say, you know, targets are somewhat reflective on cornerbacks, but not always. Sometimes they're trying to get targeted. That's what the defense is. They're saying, please throw it at me so I can go try to make a play. Um, And there's risk-reward to that, right? So you're also choosing leverage. Um, So if you... It depends on what coverage you're in. Like, if you're in 
cover four, you have what's called a curl defender next to you. And that's usually a linebacker, maybe a slot corner, um, somebody who's picking up all of this inside breaking stuff, anything that's like a crosser or a slant or just a regular in or a, a some sort of option or whatever, anything that breaks inward, somebody else is picking that up for you or a deep post. There's a safety next to you picking that up to you because he's got another quarter of the field. So anytime, you know, somebody, if, is going to affect somebody else's corner, you can pass that guy off and never worry about him, which allows you to play, say, more uh, outside lever inside leverage, uh, which means you can kind of squeeze somebody toward the sideline. And that's the advantage of cover four. I have to cover everything deep or shallow, but I don't have to cover anything but this sideline. Um, in cover two, you have a deep defender and a curl defender helping you. Um, because that safety is covering everything deep for you. So all you ever have to worry about is the flat. And that makes it really easy for cor for corners. That's why Mike Zimmer says cover two corners. You can find them at 7-11, right? Uh, and in cover three, you have a curl slash flat defender. So it's kind of the same thing. You're responsible for like everything deep, but you have, you know, a linebacker or a slot corner that's got anything in and anything shallow. So you can commit to playing everything deep and you can play a tech you can play a lot of off coverage you can play um you, know, you can turn your hips faster you can do all this stuff that sort of commits really hard to getting to not getting beat deep and if they turn around and it turns out to be a short route and you did the wrong thing doesn't matter that's somebody else's job now so for me in cover four which is what we're focusing on here if you're breland or dantzler your default for me should be play off and then drive on short passes because what i ultimately want to do and this is definitely a Zimmer thing that I've kind of taken from Zimmer, and I guess it's a philosophy that I've seen work a lot, so I agree with it, is I want to bait you into either throwing short passes or um, if you're worried about the pass, if you're worried about the slant or whatever, that's when you play press and it's say they're doing a run pass option and you play press coverage, so they're not going to run, they're not going to pick the pass. Now you're asking them to run and you can make them too heavy of a run offense just by making good decisions before the snap. That's kind of the point of all that. Um, so I, I, I want to talk more about what we're going to have to ask of Breland and Dantzler. But first, I want to talk to you about Grambling. Right now, the Vikings are two point underdogs uh, when it comes to playing against the Dallas Cowboys. Of course, that line might move as we see injury information or something like that. So if you don't want to bet that, you can bet on all sorts of other stuff. Of course, we got a whole, I'm sure everybody's going to flip on Red Zone or flip on their favorite game and watch all that stuff. You can bet on any of that. You can bet on college football. You can bet on the baseball playoffs. NBA just started. Even your favorite Vegas casino games. Just head on over to betonline.ag. And if you haven't signed up yet, no worries. That is free to do. And when you make your first deposit, you can enter promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. You get a 50 50% welcome bonus. That means whatever your first deposit is, half of that slap it on top in free play money, courtesy of betonline.ag, where the game starts. So in addition to where you line up, where you start the play, you also have to decide what kind of technique. If you are aligned in press and you're aligned right in the wide receiver's face, are you pressing him? Are you going to jam him at the line? Or are you worried about a deeper route? If you try to jam a wide receiver at the line and they dodge that jam, they're running deep and you are dead to rights because you have to turn around and catch up. You're screwed. That guy's fast. Um, so maybe you play press bail where you line up in press, you make it look like he's going to like you're going to jam him and maybe he's going to do some release line off the or some release move off the line. But instead you turn around and bail right away. Now you're going fast and he just wasted a bunch of time that he could have used to get past you doing some sort of shimmy and you get an advantage that way. Or if you're playing off, are you driving on the ball? Are you sinking more and then turning your hips? 
Are you uh, turning your hips toward the sideline or toward the field? All of these are subjective decisions. That and alignment. It's all subjective decisions based on tape study, based on down and distance, based on what you think that wide receiver is trying to do to you, what they want to do to you, what they typically run out of this formation or that formation and stuff. And what's nice is that we get the benefit of hindsight and we get the benefit of a bird's eye view when we are describing all these things and when we're evaluating these things. So when I say, man, he shouldn't have played soft there, it's super easy for me to say, but I like to leverage that advantage um, and kind of do that with the understanding that I'm going to get more of those things correct than he is because I get to know what the wide receiver does. And it makes my job a lot easier. Um, so when I see a corner do things wrong a lot, I can be a little bit more forgiving about that. Right. So I still think it's important to point out what is wrong, but then it is also important to decide how mad are we about this? And are we even mad about this one at all? Um, and I know that it's hard to hear, but sometimes a cornerback is just dead to rights. Um, and we have to sort of acknowledge that. And, you know, the charting places, separation metrics or PFF or whatever, they're just going to kind of say, hey, look, this guy was in coverage. They got the catch downgrade. There it is. And they're going to get a reasonable amount of uh, those right. Right. They're going to get enough of that is not happening where it's, you know, enough of that is a genuine mistake and not like a dead to right situation where they probably get a result they're perfectly happy with. But for me, I like to be a little more subjective about it. And instead of just trying to find a perfect metric in all this, I can just kind of say, hey, I don't think that was really a problem there. Um, for example, there was a play in the Panthers game where the Panthers come out in a two-man stack, which means two wide receivers kind of lined up, uh, stacked on top of each other. One guy's right behind the other. And the way most defenses will respond to that, kind of whatever the coverage is, is to have one guy play inside and shallow. So one guy is basically pressed up and then another guy is playing outside and plays like seven yards off. Um, so what happened is they were actually in a man coverage there, and the guy playing seven yards off and outside was manned up. And that was Patrick Peterson, and he was manned up against DJ Moore, who was running a shallow cross. So he his route was short and inside, running against a guy who was lined up deep and outside. He was dead to rights. There's absolutely nothing you're going to do. Nobody in the world can make up a seven yard difference in two steps against DJ Moore. That's never happening. Maybe you could make a seven yard defense, uh, a seven yard deficit in two steps against me, but is DJ Moore. It ain't happening. So he probably gets dinged a lot for that play, but I don't really think that's like his fault it just happens. Um, so, and I, I would also say that's probably just a bad coverage call. They probably should have adjusted that. So you can say, and Zimmer will say this all the time. You hear him on the podium say, oh, we were in a bad coverage. That is him saying, I made a bad defensive play call. And I probably should have called something else. He's criticizing his own play call. But also, that kind of means, hey, Harrison Smith should have seen that and said, oh, no, this could be a shallow cross and Patrick Peterson would be dead. And Harrison Smith is usually the one who has the leeway to change those coverages. Um, but, you know, corners can make those calls, too. And there's a lot of dynamicism. Barr and Kendricks can do it when, you know, all these veterans that have been in the system for years and years can do it. Um Somebody maybe should have changed the call. That's kind of what they're saying. So, yeah, most of this episode has just been describing the job of a corner. Um, but let's actually talk about the corners now. Uh, but first, where's your favorite place to stop on a road trip? For me, you're driving, you're on the open road, and you see the, the golden arches, the Mickey D's. You got to stop off, take a rest, stretch your legs. And that is what it is for, a place to rest, recharge, have a, a good lunch with your buddies or whatever. Much more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It can be a community center. So head on down to your local McDonald's to refuel and reconnect. McDonald's, I'm loving it. 
or if you don't have time to stop on your road trip, I hope you bought a Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar on the planet, covered in 100% chocolate, coming in a bunch of delicious flavors. They even have like a cookie dough one that was limited time. I think that one will come back someday, but they've got chocolate coconut, chocolate cherry, chocolate peanut butter, whatever your favorite. I think there's a caramel one. They've got nine main series flavors and you can get a sampler of just two of each of those, which is my favorite thing to do, or a box of whatever you want. Go to builtbar.com or built.com, and you can get 15% off of your order by using promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, all one word. And you can get a delicious, low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber Built Bar. That is promo code LOCKED15 at built.com. So let's start with Breezy, shall we? The Shad Breland is... Uh, we're going to say up and down. <laughs> he had, I thought he had a very good game. I mean, of course he had a very good game against Carolina. He got a, an interception, didn't allow any catches. Great stuff, right? Um, but uh, beyond the stats, here's what I think happens to him when he does give up plays. Um, so he gets that cover for deep sideline. You need the deep, you need the flat, right? You're covering deep and shallow, everything on the sideline, nothing to the inside. And so what he does is the thing that I kind of like is the play off coverage and drive. Um, he's not like a press corner to me. I think he can press fine, but it's not like his identity to me. He seems like more of his own corner, like a Richard Sherman where, you know, play off, watch the quarterback, drive on the ball, see if you can't make a play. And he has made some of those plays, come close to making some of those plays. I believe it was against the Lions. He tried to pick one off and actually kind of got owned on it, which is what happens, right? You take a risky thing and sometimes you get burned. I'm not too mad about that. And I actually think he's pretty good at that, like off coverage and then drive on the ball thing when it is smoke or a now route, whatever you want to call it. Um, he's pretty good at coming up and making that tackle, right? And he's been a pretty good tackling corner, except that one time he got trucked by, was it Jamal Williams? Uh, that wasn't great. But, you know, other than that, he's been a pretty good tackling corner, good run sport and all that stuff from playing off. That's the other thing. But when you play off coverage is you're coming at the run game from a different angle. So it changes all the run fit stuff that you have to do. There's a lot to think about in an, on an NFL field. Pretty complex sport. Um, what I don't like about him is I think he does play too soft. I've kind of had that criticism for a while. Um, I think he will, I mean, he'll align, you know, plenty off and then he'll sink his hips even more and he'll kind of backpedal even more. And I don't think he needs to do that backpedal. I think he can plant a foot and either drive on something um, and and do so with a little bit more confidence. I think he needs more confidence in what he's looking at. And that will hopefully come with time. But the other thing is he's a little bit uncontrolled when he's doing his hip turns and his technique and stuff. He can kind of get out of his feet, I guess is a way to put it, um, and sort of lose his balance. And then he's not as fast. And then he's, uh, you know, not as agile and stuff. And he can kind of get beat that way. And I don't really like that. So I, I want him to play with more confidence and to, you know, do everything he does with a purpose. And that will come when he's thinking less. And if he's still thinking, it's because he's still new to the system. But hopefully, you know, by week to kind of really chill out and recalibrate and regroup after the week to week of, of an NFL season can hopefully help him. Um, but I don't necessarily want him to just become a press corner. That's I don't think that's right for him. I think he needs to play off coverage uh just to do so more confidently. And I think it might lead to more interceptions or more, you know, jumping balls, more pass breakups and stuff. Hopefully it can just lead to stickier coverage in those sideline environments. If that doesn't work, then 
I would just say you've got to switch to two or two on his half, cover two on his half. You can play what's called cover six, which is cover four in one half of the field, cover two in the other half of the field. And you can just play cover two on his side. And then if you feel better about Dantzler or whatever, you feel better about if once Patrick Peterson is back him over there, you can play cover four to his side and cover two to, to Breland's side. And they've actually done that a lot with those two. Um, but I want, but cover two sucks. <laughs> cover two is the easiest defense to throw against. Um, it's just also the easiest one to run for the corners. It's the one that asks the least of the corners at the cost of being a crappy defense. Um, so I don't want to be priced into a situation where they have to run cover two to his side and get diced, you know, by uh, cover two beaters, which everybody has a million of in their playbook because you're like hiding him. What I want to do I want them to stay the course a little bit and push it, stay in cover four, stay in quarters and all the great things that quarters gets you to do uh, and all the great things that quarters is good against, you know, all the four verticals, four verticals dies to quarters because you've also got 40 defenders, four V four, everybody's on a man. Um, but I, I want them to still be able to unlock that. And I think that just needs, you just need to push through the rough patch. And I think Breland can come around with Dantzler. Um, and that's, by the way, a long way away from where I thought Breland was, you know, two, three weeks ago. I was ready to bench him. Um, I'm not benching him for, like, Chris Boyd, though. With Dantzler, it's a different thing. Dantzler played a ton of press in college. He was a good press corner despite the size problem. Um, and I, I think that's good for a struggling corner. A, I think, I, I, I maintain that he is just not very fast. And he was faster last year. I think he put on weight and got slow, which happened to him in the combine again. And I guess they asked him to gain some weight. and He, he did. And he's not as he's bigger and he's not as fast. It's what happens. And I think that was probably a bad call. Um, but he is playing a lot of press bail with um, inside leverage, which is good for a struggling corner. Because what it allows you to do is turn your hips toward the sideline and, uh, you know, chase that way. It makes it so you don't have to be as fast. It kind of gives you a, a good head start because you turn and start running right away. And the vulnerability of it is in breaking routes. But in cover four, you have a curl defender that is fine at that, uh, that's able to pick everything up. So if it is a slant or a shallow cross or something, somebody else is driving on that ball and maybe picking it off. Quarterback's not going to throw it. So you kind of aren't going to get owned on that, that press bail. So he's playing a ton of press bail right now. I want to see him actually jam sometimes. I don't think he actually plays real press enough, and that's kind of his his strength is to play that. I mean, you gained all that weight for a reason. Go push people. Um, so that is what I want to see from him. Um, but I think it's a pretty good play with press bail because what he can do is he can be uh, kind of running step for step with the wide receiver and he can be inside the wide receiver, which means the wide receiver is stuck between him and the sideline. And if you can kind of bump and run and kind of push him a little bit toward that sideline, you can squeeze that gap enough and make the play hard. And that's the thing with coverage. A, I'm pretty forgiving when you're just caught in the wrong alignment because that's not necessarily your fault. It's a system you predetermined and they got you and it's more of the chess match week to week that's going on. But I'm also pretty forgiving with corners who make the play hard and then the defense or the offense makes the play anyways. If you made it a really tight window and the throw and catch had to be perfect and then the throw and catch are perfect, I just shrug at that. I don't think that that is a poor play by the cornerback. I will evaluate cornerbacks by how hard they made it, not necessarily the results. 
which I think a lot of the cornerback metrics and stuff we have out there go on the results and not by how difficult it was to obtain those results. So that's why I'm sort of diverging from a lot of that stuff. Like I think PFF has undersold uh, Bashad Breland, although I also think they oversold Breland's game week six game. So I guess I'm just a little bit less extreme game to game. Um, So that's what I want to see from those two guys. I want to see them both be a little more confident and more aggressive as cornerbacks, especially without Patrick Peterson, who's been locked down. I want to see Breland, you know, jump more things, play with a little more confidence, play a little bit faster um, and, you know, not default to this sort of backing off more. You're not in conflict every time. You know what you're looking at. Go attack it. And I want to see Cameron Dantzler attack people at the line of scrimmage, play more press and hopefully that can keep the Vikings in cover four. I think they're best at cover four, and I want to see them earn. But cover four is kind of a luxury, and cover two is the punishment for not having good corners. So your corners have to earn cover four, and that's and I I, I want I, I think that's the way to do it to earn, earn those cover four uh, alignments and and be able to play good pass defense that way. So next week I want to have some more offensive conversations. I want to talk uh, a little bit more about running backs maybe i want to talk about offensive line maybe if i if i have anything more to say on offensive line i don't know we'll figure it out as we go uh thank you so much for making locked on vikings your first listen of the day for your second listen you should check out the peacock and williamson podcast they are covering everything from the national angle it's an nfl show but it's a daily show just like this one so go check it out free on all platforms i will see you all next week and as always skull